Welcome, everybody, to the Hidden Guardians podcast, the only podcast hosted by actual Hidden Guardians. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Beyond Light. The new expansion finally is out. We've had our hands on it for about a week now, and we got some thoughts about what we think, what we hope's going to happen, uh, all sorts of stuff, campaign, characters, and talk about the graphics, the loot. <laughs> to it i'm outrider and i'm joined with by venge and bacon and gentlemen uh we've been grinding our ass off though for the raid but at least we've gone through the campaign so far at least one time yes um what are your thoughts Venge? what what do you th- what did you think of the campaign so far um i think for the initial campaign i uh i i liked it quite a bit it was very forsaken like how it was uh, it was considerably shorter than uh, what Forsaken's was, but I, I I liked how they set it up with the Empire hunts um, for just the base campaign, and I'm I'm pretty curious to see where the actual seasonal story is going to go uh, next week. Yeah, so that needs to be stated that the seasonal story, uh, as of this recording, hasn't started when this goes live. Yeah, the season of the hunt will be in full effect with uh, what's going on there with Zebo Wrath, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, as a villain, I thought Aramis was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I liked her various generals that she had. Uh, the one <laughs> we didn't fight, you know, the guy with the big freaking horns on his helmet. That she's sent back into the Deep Stone Crypt, so I guarantee we're going to be fighting him later. I think that's pretty much telegraphed at this point. Uh, I'm curious about him. Yeah, that does I, seem I, like they were kind of hinting towards uh, something. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's going to be a, a fantastic little fight. I hope. I hope. Uh, yes. He looked, he looked big and burly. I think it's going to be a pain in the ass. But I, I liked it. Um, I liked listening to your ghost being rather hesitant about you communing with the darkness and starting to gain darkness powers, stasis abilities. Mm-hmm. Your ghost was really having a crisis about this stuff. Uh, it was the most I, vocal time I've ever heard the ghost just talk like that. It actually yeah. made me generally worried. I was like, damn, should I even go for this type of powers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I know, I, and there was at one point, and I, this might be spoilery, but it's been out for a week at this point, folks. If anything, you've gone through the campaign over the course of the week, you've seen this part where you go back to the tower after Zavala pays you a, mis- a visit briefly on Europa, and he talks to you, remind you about being in the light and to give up using the darkness powers, and you kind of have to hit X to agree. But you're not agreeing. You have these things at this point. They're not leaving you. Um, I, I want to see how that's going to change things. I, I want to see if this is going to uh, start altering the Vanguard. Uh, just, you know, future stuff. Of how it's going to uh, change the perception of your Guardian. Yeah. Um, with everybody else. Uh you know, I thought campaign was good. Lasted me two days because I got on later in the day to start. Um, I was satisfied with the ending. You know, of the overall basic story, I, I like 
how it ended with Aramis, what happens to her at the very end. I thought that was very neat looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of like a trophy, actually, every time you go back up there. Um, You know, I thought the villains were cool. Varix is nice. I I like having him back. I don't like that clicking that he makes. Yeah, the insect insect chattering sound. (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's... Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like... You know, or anything like that. Um, But I, I I don't think... It was neat because I don't remember Varric's doing that before. <laughs> Nobody you knows. Know, it, that. No, That's the thing ever. Bacon and I had that conversation a couple of times. Like he really didn't do that in Destiny One, right? <laughs> no, I, I, he wheezed a little bit because they have a respirator on. That's how they have to live. The 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 yeah. me. But I don't remember him making insect clicking noises. But the thing when you see them without their mask, they don't look like insects. <laughs> they don't look insectoid to me at all. They've never looked insectoid to me. So I'm sitting there going, why, why, are they, why are they insect-like? Oh, well. It's just strange. Um, I do want to I, I say we're talking about characters, though. I, it's neat being involved with the Exo Stranger. And this is kind of her... This is also her time to shine. Mm-hmm. Because she's like the one that's kind of pushing you to use the darkness powers. You find out about her background now. You know where she came from and why she's now actively doing this. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of cool to have an insight on the story that we've been curious about for six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's kind of peeling back a lot of the layers here on the main ongoing story, like an onion, and we're now seeing more and more of it. So we kind of get this bigger picture going on with her. Um, But I have to admit, you know, on all the promotional materials, it was the Exo Stranger, the Drifter, and Eris Morn. I sat there and I was like, oh, this is going to, they're going to be like the Dark Vanguard. Drifter and Eris Morn really had no point to being there except for that one cut scene. Yeah, there's a and there's one point. I don't know if you can do it every time you go back to the camp in the like the main story, but you can like talk to Drifter. But Eris is silent the entire time. No, I've actually talked. I've talked to uh, Eris over the campaign. Oh, did you? I didn't. I never had one for Eris. I only had the stuff for the Drifter. So (laughs) no, I I was able to talk to both, and it's actually funny because they would they would rip on each other once in a while. I do like, wish uh, that they had. Uh, there was more of a reason for them to be there as opposed to them just yeah, being there. Like, I mean, the Drifter kind of has a reason with the one quest that you get after the campaign, and that's for the only exotic I think everybody has right now, unless you're some super grinding weenie streamer that managed to solo some of these, um, you know, harder level. Um, Lost, lost sectors, sectors yeah for the for the then yes yes folks the actual the actual exotics for the uh beyond light that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago uh you have to solo lost sectors for at higher difficulties for a chance at getting them to drop specifically the armor pieces it mm-hmm. seems the weapons are all going to be like an ongoing quest line to get i did because- see the uh the cloud strike the sniper 
is is apparently tied behind um, elected difficulty empire hunts. So we don't know when we'll be able to choose different difficulties for those. But yeah, well, I I think that's actually coming soon because as I'm when you go to Varix, Varix offers this entire suite of things you can unlock mm -hmm. uh, through this new currency that you get doing missions, killing enemies, etc. You can purchase things, you level them up to unlock them permanently, and it gives you bonuses. I can't remember if it's like here forever or something. Here here always pieces. Here always pieces, yes. And one of the things that can unlock that I've got on the second level, because there's the green, which are easier to complete, blue, which are a little harder, and then purple, which are the hardest and most expensive ones to unlock. Mm -hmm. uh, on the blue track, there is one where if I complete all three of the regular um, Empire Hunts, it unlocks an Empire Hunt challenge mode for me. Yep. So I'm thinking that might be the one where I can elect different difficulties. I, I think that is actually for like a weekly powerful for doing them. Mm-hmm. I was hearing, that's the thing, it's, I've heard powerful, but I've also heard it's a pinnacle once a I, week because of how difficult it could be. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know for sure. but I don't I know, know for sure me either, because I, like, I haven't unlocked it yet. It dropped like around like a plus, I think like a plus three? I think it was like a plus three when it dropped for me. That would be powerful range, yeah. Yeah, so that's just a powerful I, th I did it, and I didn't know that it was something that was just a guaranteed, like a given drop. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what it dropped at for me, but I did it. <laughs> okay, I don't have that unlocked yet. I haven't been really doing the barracks stuff. Because as I said earlier, I've been grinding the hell out to get my characters up to level for the raid. Mm -hmm. um, I paid attention to the storyline, but most of the other stuff I'm kind of off to the side right now until after the 21st and then i can kind of go back in and start unlocking more and more things mm -hmm. uh, but that was a side little tangent there uh yes uh, drifter and uh eris morn they drifter had one thing so far and that was for the exotic weapon quest for salvation's grip the stasis exotic grenade launcher heavy heavy grenade launcher mm -hmm. which it's not a bad weapon. That last mission, though, where you actually get the grenade launcher, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was something that was else. That was very unexpected. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, I think the best way to describe it is, depending on how you feel about a character within the game, you will either love the mission or you will hate the mission. So mm -hmm. I personally enjoyed it. <laughs> The uh, Salvation's Grass, yes, it was a very original mission. It was very fun. Mm -hmm. I had a good time with it. I'm not. I won't spoil it. It's worth uh, playing, and same, it's definitely yeah. worth listening to because there's some dialogue going on that you're gonna want to hear. Uh, definitely put a smile on my face for that one. Uh, Bacon, what did you think overall the campaign though? You you went through it as well. Did you have any different thoughts about? You know, the characters, how it was laid out, anything like that. I mean, it like right in the last mission, it almost just felt like an Oryx, like an Oryx moment because he's still not dead. And Aramis is based on like 
what other like her lieutenants were saying she's still not dead so I feel like she's going to come back but I kind of just want to keep working with Aramis a lot more it's like because I mean she just sounds like she's just pissed off at the trailer for leaving them with like nothing to go with so I'm like I'm like, like for me, I feel like I, I want to work with her a lot more. Like, see if see if she can like ever have like a change of like heart or something. It's like, she's willing to work with guardians and vanguard and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> I, I just see it more as like a. Hopefully, like we can just get to know her a little bit more than she's just a really pissed off person against the traveler. Yeah, I. I... I think it would be interesting to see if she is able to return first off. Yeah. Uh, what mm-hmm. happens to her is uh, it seems like a nail in the coffin, you know? I, I know one of her lieutenants after in the post-campaign missions mentions that she's not really gone and we're going to try to bring her back. And I'm sitting there going, uh, you're not really going to in a traditional sense. I can understand how you might, though. Um, mm-hmm. she's a very interesting character. She's a very passionate character. You can see, see why she's gone the route that she did, and you kind of feel for it, you know? Traveler mm-hmm. was there for the Elixni people. They were experiencing their own type of golden age, and then it left. And it left them because the darkness was chasing after it. Mm-hmm. And it it screwed them over. I think this the the apocalypse that happened to them. We call ours the collapse. They call it, I think, the whirlwind, and mm-hmm. it just destroyed their people and their society, and they're the remnants of it. And yeah, I can see why they're pissed off at the great machine, as they refer to the traveler. And it's like kind of makes you wonder. Like kind of makes you wonder if if the traveler will leave. I guess us, and are we gonna go? through that same path? Are we going to get pissed off at the Traveler? Are we going to do something to the Traveler? Are we going to be working with other people to at least try to get rid of the darkness before we even get rid of each other? Start a big war? Like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That That's coming up. But we have other problems here Uh looking at us dead in the eyes. But uh, unlike, say, the Elixni and everybody else that the darkness kind of helped destroy while tracing the, chasing down the Traveler, um, this time they're actually offering us abilities. So I think the, the game has changed quite a bit, and we don't know exactly where it's going. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a hint as to what's in our future. I mean, one of the Oryx's uh, sisters is on the horizon this season in Zevo Arath making her play, and we know that the Witch Queen is coming in the fall of 2021. Yep. Um, but past that, we, we have no idea how this is all going to link together. We'll find out over the course of the year. But as I was getting to, it's like, you know, Aramis is a great character, and then we dispatch her by the end of the main campaign. A couple hours in, gone. It's kind of disappointing. It is. I, I wouldn't mind seeing her being a force for a while. Say, we have a campaign, you know, for Beyond Light. We finish it. She's not gone. She kind of hides out. And then for, like, the rest of, say, the year, during the seasonal content, she's peeking her head up. 
constant problem, et cetera, and so on, until the last season before the next year starts. Then we have our showdown with her. Yeah. You know, that I, I would, I, if that's something that Bungie's going to do in the future, maybe with the Witch Queen expansion, I would really, really love that. That oh, yeah. a little bit longer term with a villain. Oryx had to go. I mean, he was just far too dangerous, in my opinion, as basically a hive god. I think Aramis would be a good foil for us for an entire year instead of just for a short campaign. Yeah, it's the I, I I've always kind of wished that with uh, Destiny, but just because it's kind of been the norm, I didn't have too high of expectations for how long. Aramis was going to be around because it, it kind of makes me think back to like vanilla D2 with Gaul. And there was always this big thing that we were going to like, he was going to be the first raid boss. And then you could kill him pretty easily at the end of like the main campaign. So I'd like to see some stuff more fleshed out with these villains and have them be more long term, but. We haven't really seen too much of that with kind of anything in Destiny. It kind of feels like the villains feel more like a uh, a TV show of the week type villain. Yeah. Than yeah. a long term, you know, whole season villain. If anything, uh, maybe like a two hour movie. You know, the villain's going to go down at the end of the movie. Uh Unless there's a sequel, the villain back. For the most part, Destiny has really not brought their villains back. When they're gone, they're gone. And I'm okay with that. Uh, Like you mentioned Oryx. I I was fine with taking Oryx down, but Oryx was the boss of the raid. That felt epic. That felt like you were really pushing to put this person down. That was capstone to the entire Taken King expansion. Yeah, okay. Oryx was like, freaking ruthless. I feel mm-hmm. like Oryx was also the only villain that we didn't just outright kill at the end of the campaign, but then we didn't see him until the raid, and then it was done. Yeah, he, he basically retook himself, it looked like. Yeah. And vanished, and then he was the raid boss. And that was like, all right, he's even a bigger threat now. Uh, he's in hiding. He wasn't gone. Now we have to go into the raid and take him out. Yeah. And that that's kind of how it was. Um, Aramis is not going to be the same, I don't think. We haven't seen the raid yet. And I'm avoiding the spoilers for the raid as yeah. best I can. I, I have one yeah. thing spoiled. I'm not going to talk about it, but that that's it's disappointing. I think the only theory I have right now about the raid is what the final boss is going to be, but I don't know if we even want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to live as as low as possible. I mean, I don't mind the collector's edition because it's like, it'll it'll tell you some things, but... Well, that's the thing. Vance, you have the collector's edition. You see the lore books and stuff in there. That stuff's out there. That's a speculation. If you want to say it, and what I think you're going to say, I agree with you. I think but we're going to we want to we want to say mm-hmm. it or no? Do we want to say it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Good I think know. I think the final boss in the raid is going to be a massive Exo Clovis Bray. 
You ruined it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, <laughs> ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, we talked about this the other day, and Outrider, you had, you had a pretty, pretty good opinion, which I agreed with too, because I kind of thought the same thing was coming. Yeah. So when <laughs> we were talking about this earlier this week with, I think it was all three of us, and we were just kind of talking around while we're shooting aliens and stuff. And you had a, we were talking about the raid boss and you had a, the idea that I agreed with on what, what we might see with Clovis Bray. Do you want to, do you want to expand on what you talked about? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it comes down to the uh, day one raid emblem actually as a clue. If you look at the 24 hour raid emblem, if you get to see it, I think Bungie.net has it on one of their twabs before Beyond Light came out specifically the one about the raid. They have this interesting design in the left side of it. But when you go into the collector's edition stuff, uh, there is this nice, almost the Vitruvian Man image. Uh, it, it's it's a Leonardo da Vinci design of man with his arms out and you know legs closed and then opened. Everybody knows this image when you see it. Basically showing the body of man and and its range of motion and what. But it's for an exo. But if you take the center piece of it and, fl- and invert it, it actually makes the image inside of the 24-hour raid logo. So my thought was, we're going to be fighting an exo, and it's going to be a four-armed exo. Because something that was said during the campaign, Aramis sends one of ten tenants down into the Deepstone Crypt, the one that we didn't fight, but her last order was prepare the body. So we were talking about you know Aramis being returned. That's an option. You know what happens to her at the end of the campaign? They may not be able to use her actual physical form. They may be able to extract her mind and stick it into a metal frame. Do I think it's Aramis mm-hmm. we're going to be fighting? No. I think it's Clovis Bray is going to take that thing over because he's been waiting down there in the deep zone crypt within the uh, circuitry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think they're accidentally going to put Clovis Bray into a big freaking exo body, and because he's not used to it, he's going to go bonkers, and we're going to end up having to put him down. And I am ready for it. <laughs> so that—that's that, just a theory. Uh, at this moment, none of us have been looking at spoilers actively, and we've been trying intentionally to avoid them. Uh, Bacon's been living in uh, bliss and not actually paying attention to anything because of <laughs> social media presence so I didn't know damn much. That everything got freaking leaked so much. Yeah. I heard, like, leaks, but I think it, it was, like, raid leaks. I was like, oh, you guys just told me that. I was like, oh, great. No. <laughs> on, on Friday, uh, we record on a Sunday, but on Friday, they all of a sudden my Twitter feed was just lighting up with people complaining about raid leaks now out in the open. Uh, there's people that are going into like Paul Tassie's Twitter responses and just dumping leaks and spoilers totally in his Twitter replies. Yeah, I've you know, that. Uh, that, that people doing that on uh, tw- going into Twitch streamers uh, for Destiny and or uh, Facebook gaming or you know, YouTube and just in their comments during the chat, just dumping spoilers because they think it's funny. 
you know, right yeah, now. Dumbass people out there. I hate those type of people. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. yeah they're, they're annoying. I, I, I'd like to know some things as to what I'm spending my money on. I will say that flat out. I think this time around, Bungie did a very good job kind of putting out a bunch of information. I was fine with them showing off, you know, the exotics that are coming with Beyond Light that you mm-hmm. can earn through the regular game. You know, that's great. I'm glad they didn't show off the whatever's coming in the raid, like the raid exotic. That's great. I'm fine with that. Um, I don't need to know what's going to be in the raid till I experience it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Don't spoil the entire thing. I, I think people go back to the uh, moment where uh, zero app, not zero hour. Uh, the the, um, the whisper mission went live, and none of us knew it was coming. None of us knew it was coming. Even the data miners didn't know it was coming. And that was such a great feeling. Yeah, being able really to have something like that, just not like no knowledge about it, and like the inability to spoil it was. It was fantastic. We didn't really know it was coming. Cool. Yeah, but I, but I also remember that zero hour was spoiled. Yep, because yeah. they found they found uh, outbreak perfected in the API, mm-hmm. and they saw that where it came from, and they discovered the uh, exotic trinket that you take to um, Mithrax to start the mission. Yeah. So it was all pieced together very quickly that, you know, oh, oh, and then it's like, oh, we're going back to the old tower. That's going to take place there. It's like, all right, thanks. At least they didn't spoil Trevor. That was a total freaking surprise when <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we dropped down there for the first time. It's like, what the hell? Oh, God, dead. That was freaking scary the first time. I was like, that what was, the hell is that? <laughs> that was the first time Destiny felt like a horror game. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, I think the most the terrifying thing is the sound it makes that you see all these like bladed arms like coming at you very quickly, but that red light just yeah. bearing down on you. It's like, it's I don't like, know it's, why, it's but that reminded me of like scissor hands. Remember Edward scissor hands? Yes. No, I was like, there he comes. <laughs> He's pissed off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying, and it was. It, even though it was spoiled, there were some good moments in it that kind of made mm-hmm. up for it. Uh, it wasn't until we were really just talking about spoilers that I realized that, yeah, Zero Hour was spoiled. And that sucked. Well, now people are looking for it intentionally. I think the other thing that of recent memory that wasn't spoiled in this game was uh, the Prophecy Dungeon. We didn't even know that it existed. <laughs> Season of Arrivals. And it just dropped oh, yeah, into our lap. That- yeah, nobody expected that. But also, didn't it go live the day Season of Arrival started? I think it did. I'm yeah. pretty I'm pretty sure that's how they went about it. Yeah, because there was no other way to do it. We got the patch for arrivals and it was in there. Started Such up good. good to go. You could you couldn't data mine it because it was already live. Such a good dungeon. Oh yeah. It's one of their best. I'm 100%. I already felt kind of like spoiled with the new raid just because of the the armors on the. I'm okay. Like, in your collections already. That's why I was like, I was like, I already feel kind of spoiled because of that. But that's like just me. It's like it, it's not that much of a spoil because I mean you can see every other raid out there, raid armor. But the least I know, the better for me it is. Well, I don't. I'm okay. 
I'm okay with looking at the armor. I'm okay with yeah, looking at the armor. What I'm okay with looking at the weapons. I'm okay, yeah, okay with that. That that that's all right for me. I like to see some of the loot I'm getting. That's fine. I'm great with that. But the for me, the actual experience of the raid itself is more rewarding than the loot coming out of the raid. Yeah. 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 The raid is the raid is for me is, is an adventure. Yeah, loot is great, but I like the experience of the adventure a lot more, and that's what I'm keeping my head away from and trying to not look at social feeds for. Um, you know, I, one of the things I, I actually liked is I liked seeing the the raid mods are also available to see right now. Oh, I didn't even you think about see. the raid mods. I forgot that there was that was mods. accidental. I was just going through, you know, to check to see what mods I had available and unlocked. And as I'm scrolling through, it's like, oh, hey, well, there's new raid mods. Oh, these are kind of neat. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun using these. I don't know how we're going to trigger the abilities on those mods. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty damn cool. I can't wait to yeah. use them and get my hands on them. The mods have abilities. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Or is that like a? There's. I don't the, even know none of this. Damn it! <laughs> e, 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 each each there's there's a raid mod that's like all right, one solar, one void, one arc, you know, stuff like that. Um, and there's like a status on the you either. The status is available on you, and it causes this to happen. And if it's not available on you, and you have that mod equipped, you get this bonus. Both of them are bonuses. It's just that one's a lot better than the other. Holy shit! And, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know how to trigger this yet. We'll find out, obviously, when we're in the raid. There's gonna be something that we're gonna be collecting, a mechanic that we're gonna be activating, something that's gonna proc these mods. Yeah. And like one of them, if I remember correctly, is if you're in this status, you're able to supply heavy ammo to your fire team. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I heard. I, I I know of that one, and it's yeah. You know, I, 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 I I haven't looked at anything. But. My eyes popped out when I saw that. It's like, oh hey, we'll have somebody generating heavy ammo for us. Yes, please. That's <laughs> we good. need heavy ammo. I need all the anarchy shots I can get, please. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I got to feed my xenophage and it's 38 shots that I'm taking in. <laughs> no, 32, sorry. <laughs> I get 32 with the uh, extended ammo I can hold in reserves. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, some things are just spoiled naturally and because of the nature of putting stuff into our collections. That's yeah. Fine. If it's in the collections, we're going to see it anyways. Yeah, but they they intentionally block out the space for the exo- the raid exotic, so I don't go looking. You know, I all the triumphs in the our collection, so to speak, are all blocked out right now. They're unavailable. I don't mm-hmm. go looking. I know I can find ways to find it, but I'm not looking right now. I don't want to look. Yeah, I mean, even though it's uh, people have already like said what the raid exotic is going to be through looking at the API and stuff, I'd uh. The fact that it's hidden, and unless you want to find it or happen upon it, I guess, and have it spoiled, you can still go in and not be aware of what the exotic is going to be for the raid. So that was a nice little terrible tangent we went off on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome well, to the podcast. It, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Exactly. We just we're just <laughs> chatting about stuff. That's it. But I, I think what we have to just we're talking about a lot of stuff. Like, all right, here's the gear. We're talking about spoilers and 
terrible things. Um, I have to give them credit on the graphics and sound department for Beyond Light. Uh, Europa's damn pretty for being an ice world. Uh, Seeing those little red veins of light coming out from under the ice and up on the you know the mountains and stuff like that you're seeing is really neat the lighting is spectacular especially when the storms roll in and all you're seeing is like little points of light from either enemies or building lights or something mm-hmm. in the distance and you, you're far enough away and your vision's all obscured it just looks spectacular i think that when it's the bright sunny clear sky is one of my favorites for europa because it really just shines at that point um I love the outside, you know, areas. And the Vex areas look like Vex areas. They're always going to look like Vex areas. Yeah. But one of the areas that really struck me, which is how cool it looked, just personal opinion, was going into the Braytech facility. Yeah. And oh. seeing how smooth and white with some purposeful places of color it looked very futuristic. It reminded me of, say, some great sci-fi movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, not so great, but still, you know, people watch a THX 1138, which uh, Steven, which uh, George Lucas did back in school. Um, and the Mass Effect games, of all things. It reminded me of the inside of the Citadel at points. And I'm just like, this is so freaking cool. And then you have moments where, like, the ice is pushing through. Some of the areas have broken down. Um, I just, it, it's this nice little, it's so smooth and new still. Mm-hmm. But it's so dead in here, too. It's a sterile tomb, almost. I, I think that's neat. I also found it really neat that... You know, some of the lost sectors you're going into this game are also pushing into various points of the Braytech facility that you can't access through the main area. And I, it kind of puts an exclamation point on just how damn big the Braytech facility is on Europa. It is not small at all. Yeah, and just Europa is in, as a whole is, for a destination, it is, it's huge. I think part of that, it, like it, it, it is big, but in some ways it feels bigger because there's only one spawn point, so you have a you have to go a long ways <laughs> to get certain places. But the 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 space as a whole is very big, and it's it's cool to have so much area to explore. Um, yeah, when Bacon and I went through our first campaign, we ended up. We got distracted a couple of times, and we we ended up going through the same space twice in a row because we would just explore, and then we would start a mission that would take us where we just were. <laughs> yeah, we 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 got we got lost for about twenty minutes, and then we went right back in it with a mission. Like, oh god damn it! <laughs> There's one area in the Braytech facility called what was it like Eternity? Yeah, it's where you uh, fight. Uh, one of the uh, Empire Hunts, he's the guy with the uh, big backpack on. Uh, the mad scientist, almost, I want to call it. He Eyelash. has the shield generator ships. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, de- when you defeat him, there's that bridge that goes out to, like, this metallic ball that's sitting out there. 
That's mm-hmm. kind of sparking one off. It's probably like a computer core or something. But if you stand on that ball or near that ball, you look out at the corridors that are just going off graphically. There's these huge walls up and down, and it just goes for it looks like miles in directions. Yeah. It's like, it's so how cool. damn huge is this thing? And when they called it Eternity, they meant it looked like it goes on <laughs> forever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, this. Truth and advertisement here, Bungie. Well done, guys. I, I I think this is spectacular looking, and the the sound is neat as hell. Uh, the, I like the musical score. I like the sound effects. Uh, what gets me the biggest sound effect is the sound of stasis. Actually, the it is and oh, that sounds it's and, magical, dude. It's incredible. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 coming through my TV speakers, it sounds good. Putting it through like a nice set of Headphones that you listen to, it's so much better. It's like crispy. It just sounds good. So good. Oh, yeah. And uh, we we saw on the one Vidoc how they were kind of coming up with these noises, uh, which is still kind of funny. Still waiting to to come across that breast pump sound. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I I was like, what the hell is it? I haven't haven't found that one. It's, it's, It's on a sniper somewhere. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably locate it at some point. Um, but why do I yeah. want milk all of a sudden? Oh, Lord, <laughs> there it is. Right. <laughs> I was waiting for that once again. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's a phenomenal amount of work that they did, and they put into this, and they were finishing all this up while they were working from home during a pandemic. That includes the seasonal stuff, which really starts in full coming on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Which is the, today the podcast comes out. Um, I, just kudos for them. I think their art direction is always wonderful. They have really, really talented people there. I can't fault them for how good everything looks. The skyboxes are just wonderful. You look up, you just stare into space. Oh yeah, and it's like, oh hey, look Jupiter. That's uh, that's fantastic. They got the big red uh, spot on the side of the planet that you can see, you know, because it's a huge storm that you can see from way outside of Jupiter. Um, mm. It's like that's awesome. Everything's moving around. There's lights twinkling in the sky. Oh look how cool the art changes when the storms start blowing in at different intensities during different points of time during the day, whether it's day or night on Europa. You know, looks the sound, great. the sound of the storm, the feel of the storm, and the fact that when the weather changes, it actually, the wind has a pretty strong effect on you on your sparrow, or even just trying to run around. Like going full speed on a sparrow, sometimes you're almost not moving because you're going against the wind. And I think that's a that's a a cool addition with the uh, the weather system. Yeah, I was about to oh, say definitely. that too. I I didn't think the weather system was gonna be like a really big deal. I was like, oh, just well, you won't be able to see through through snow, mm-hmm, through like yeah. a storm. And then it just what it does to 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 your guardian, to your sparrows, to pretty much to like anything. It's like it really makes a difference, and it's it's like eye opening the amount of like just like creativity into like to like little details to just to make it feel like you're actually there. And the way, just the way that the sound changes as the weather does. So you like, 
And when you're going against the wind and everything, like you legitimately feel the weather change and you hear the weather change. And the sound is so good. I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I thought it was funny the first time I hopped off my sparrow when it was really high winds, like the highest points of the storms was the nastiest. And my sparrow blew off the side of a cliff. Yeah, and if you're if it's really windy and you're not using and you're not like actively using your sparrow, you will get also pushed around by the weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a neat neat little touch. I liked it. I also like seeing uh, fallen enemies in coats. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty funny. sweet. Seeing them in coats, they're cold, dude. I'm telling you, it works. Are we gonna see like you know? Come the dawning, they're going to be in little Santa hats and mittens and stuff too, running around. That would be hilarious, to be honest. Well, now, now if they're not going to be, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, they're going to get the coats on. <laughs> yeah, Santa Varrocks, yes. <laughs> Did you want mines for Christmas? Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, they, 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 oh, God. <laughs> like I, I just think it's annoying um also cute graphics aside i i you know when they put out like little collectibles too in the game i think some of them are cool i i think the the penguin looks neat i found i, I think only one penguin toy has been located in this game so far yeah i think so and it's just in that europa. first area in europa yeah yeah and i'm pretty i think they might be a wee thing because i found some other areas that look similar to where that initial penguin is so i'm wondering yeah. if it's like every week you find a new one that you can go into and like wipe out a boss type creature and then claim it and then go put it in that area behind varics yeah so you get all the penguins that's cool, and I think we we may have gotten close to touching on it, but when you finish the campaign and you have the Aeris's armor or Aramis's armor piece, yes, that you you put uh, you decorate the camp at with is a, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Well, I noticed um, you have the campsite where access drain is. You have the room behind Varrocks. When you go into the Braytech facility, that big open room at first, mm -hmm. and you're looking out, you go to the right and up those little stairs, there's that air, those office space. There's typically like a, um, there's a little spaces chest up there, but there's a little uh, thing of the gunsmith sitting up there. Yeah, there's a little banshee. But it, but it says place object also on occasion. I think you're also going to populate things in there too. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing. So I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm fine and with it. I like finding all sorts of neat stuff. I've seen people saying that it's they want it to go in a direction where we eventually have our own personal space that we can decorate with stuff like that. It feels like it will. I kind of want to know what the hell do I need the Ascendant Lens from still that's in my inventory? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious about that too. I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it, but I was hoping something eventually would, you know, I get to use it. But hey, we also haven't gone into uh, the seasonal stuff at this at the time of the recording. So yeah, yeah, never know. Never know. Could uh, happen. Have any of you guys found 
any of the um, weapons that we picked up through the campaign, not just the normal drops, because, I mean, there's stuff that we're still finding from past seasons or whatnot, but I'm talking, you know, those neat-looking, uh, the red, white, you know, blue accents uh, that we either get from Variks or defeating these various um, Empire hunts. Have you liked any of them? I mean, some of them have some interesting perks on them. So the machine gun is nice. The way it sounds, actually, I really like. I I really like the machine gun. It sounds really chonky, and I love it. I just got the that rocket launcher. Love it. It almost looks I... like they they kind of like messed around with like the damage on the on the rocket launcher. It's like it feels stronger, but I'm not sure. Like the Sub Zero one, oh, I I I won't take it off. I really like that one. Almost partial to the shotgun. I I have the perk on it. lets me load two rounds at one time. The dual loader, bruh. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of helps a lot when you shove two you know shells into it, and then you can fire twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you have, like, something charging down on you. That's, a, that's a very handy. Um... I do like that I, shotgun. I think that's the first slug shotgun that I have liked because that is a slug, right? Yeah, I think it is. And then the duality is kind of that. Well, duality is a combo, but yeah, duality is a cool combo. I like it. I've had fun with it. I, I my favorite thing right now is the um, pulse rifle that drops in the crucible. Hopscotch pilgrim, dude. I'm telling you. Shut up. It is not the Hopscotch Pilgrim. <laughs> it's Hopscotch Pilgrim. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's called Stars in Shadow. Um, I love it. I love it because of the perk that came on when it dropped for me called Thresh. Where everything I'm killing gives me super energy back. I swear Thresh is going to get nerfed. It, it really, I think it... I love it because <laughs> you can get a lot of super energy back, especially when you're killing guardians in the crucible with it. Yeah. You know, three Nova bombs in one crucible match. That's a lot of super energy. Um, you know, between kills and picking up uh, orbs of power here and there, you know, I was able to whip out three supers in one crucible match. That's, that's a lot. I think it's going to get toned down a bit. But Thresh is such a good thing. And the the pulse itself just feels right. It's heavy. It's meaty. It's got good range to it. And it doesn't really deviate very much either. Yeah. I still haven't found one that I've actually used yet. But um, I've heard good things. And like you've said with Thresh and everything. That, uh, that perk, we don't have to like really go into this. But it's the kind of thing that makes me really want to have a separate balance between PvE and PvP just so that it's still beneficial in PvE without it having to affect the PvP side of things. Because more more supers is always a good thing in PvE. Yeah, more supers definitely are a good thing in PvE. More supers are detrimental to the opposing team in PvP. Yeah. Unless it's Mayhem, which I'm looking forward to playing Mayhem with stasis abilities. God. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be fun. These people are going to be crying it's, nonstop. It's going to be something. Well, I, I, I already told you I'm not. I'm actually I not going to be I can't get out of spawn. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be using stasis. I'm not gonna be using stasis. I'm going to be putting on my Orpheus rigs. I'm mm-hmm. going I'm to go in with Tether. Work. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Tether. <laughs> that's it. And I'm just I'm not even I'm not even using the multi shot. I'm just gonna use the standard snare because it lasts longer. And I'm gonna put in a um an intel an intelligence booster in every one of my armor pieces. So my supers were generating ultra damn fast. And I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to tether people and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to laugh a lot. And I'm just gonna just come up and like shoot them in the head, and that's it. <laughs> They're not gonna get away. I'm probably gonna throw a smoke bomb at them just because I'm an asshole. And I'm gonna have a good time. And every tether kill you get, you're gonna teabag, you're gonna be so toxic. I, I am not I am not I'm going saying, to teabag. I am not going to teabag. I won't even kill them. I'll just teabag in front of them. <laughs> I, I am not. I'm not even going to use teabag. those powers. <laughs> no, no, there's no teabagging. I'm just going to dab. I'm going to dab on them every time, and Die. then just run away. Dab. Yeah, that's it. Take a kill <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I keep coming into mayhem. That's my house. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far the weapons are cool. Uh, these new little perks are neat. I haven't really experienced them all, but it's nice seeing new perks on weapons coming out. I'm mm-hmm. digging that. Um, and some of these using the newer weapons too. Yeah, uh, I I do like the um, artifact mods we're getting from the seasonal artifact. Mm-hmm. At the highest tier, there's one where if you use if you activate a solar super, uh, you get back all your health and shield. Yep. I got that um, one on the unstoppable shotgun. Oh, yes, that's a beauty. Who would have yeah. thought that would ever happen? I never thought that this was ever going to happen. I, I I've heard both things. It's like, oh my god, unstoppable shotguns are great, and also if you're close enough to an unstoppable monster within shotgun range, it's it might be too late for you at that point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just be. I mean. I win I, uh, when we get when we ran the the ordeal. I went with a shotgun. As long as a pellet hits, it does it. So you can do it from a distance. Oh, good. I think it's yeah. good. That it, it good that it could work from a distance, and also good if you're like going in with a sword, and the champion is starting to like you know come come to again. You can just use your shotgun and stun him again, and then sword him back down. Yeah. I had a thought when I saw the unstoppable shotgun mod is since now these mods work with exotics because they go into your armor slot instead of onto a weapon. Can you imagine mm-hmm. an unstoppable legend of Acreus? Oh I mean, it is a shotgun. Right, so. I never thought about that. <laughs> you, no, you, you literally that shut down, you, you shut down the unstoppable champion and you pretty much killed it at the same time because Acreus I'm, does so much damage. I mean, you That's, guys should try it out. You guys have the gun. Put it on and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can see. Like, if it I, don't have, but, uh, I, I, I don't have the unstoppable shotgun mod, though. I, I, I picked up mods that are a little bit more useful for me. The solar one is one. Mm-hmm. I think I may have picked up Berserker is the other one. Where after your super ends, you get a bonus to damage based on how many things you killed while you were in your super. Oh yeah, that that could be a really beneficial one too. Yeah, I see, I see Titans like you know going, oh, it's going to be so great. But I can see any class benefiting from that. 
you know, uh, warlocks with their big ass supers that can like wipe out entire things of ads. Can you imagine one hunter using one tether, getting a whole bunch of enemies tethered up, and then killing them? They all count as kills, and mm-hmm. then you have this berserk hunter for like ten seconds just murdering everything with a power <laughs> weapon. I can see that working really well with like oh a. My God. With like a thousand cuts, something like that. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even top tier. Um, well, actually, Arc Strider would work really well with it. Yeah. Um, top tier uh, Gunslinger as well would work well, very well with it. Uh, Spectral Blade Night Stalker would work well with that. As long as it's like a moving super. I think the only fine. one, the only one that actually wouldn't benefit from that at all, would probably be tether, or uh, not tether, uh, well. Yeah, that's that's essentially the only thing that you use that can't kill people, unless you drop it on them in PvP. Well, I'm wondering if if you're in the well and you're killing people, does that count? Because it's still a kill. Oh yeah, you're super active. It'll have to be experimented on. I, I guess we'll find out. I, I'm still thinking about that. Um, Unstoppable shotgun, Legend of Acreus, or even the Fourth Horseman. Fourth horse- oh my and- God, you're right. I forgot about the Fourth Horseman. Well, well, what about Lord of Wolves? There's another one. Oh, That's a God. shotgun. That's definitely got the range. Yes, it does. And when you set it in, release the wolves, where it's firing like like in that huge stream. It's yeah. like you're just the first little pellet that hits is going to stun. The rest of them are just going to go right through. You can have a lot of fun with that stuff. Yeah. But it's still early for us. We're still working on raid grind. And we out in the most unappealing way that apparently comp PvP was the way to go. <laughs> it's been so fun. Competitive uh... PvP. Oh, oh, it's I, so much fun. That, that, if, if, I was, if, if I was to have a complaint, if I was to have a complaint about um, Beyond Light and any kind of changes right now, it feels like loot drops in the world and whatnot have gotten stingier. Like, you hit the soft cap of 1,200 power and you basically don't move. You have to do other things other than just playing the game in the way you want to play the game. You have to play the game in every other way that maybe you don't want to do. Yeah. You have to play the game in a specific way. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. For, for raid leveling, you do have to play in a specific way. I'm, I'm glad they gave us 10 days to do it because it, it took me like three days before I finally pulled my head out of my rear and went, I have to do this in a very, very, very specific manner. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of deflating at that point. It's like, how am I not even getting a couple of blues here and there to push me up a little bit more? I get a purple drop and it's lower than my power level. It's like, how is this happening? You should always get some kind of gain mm-hmm. at some point. And then when your prime drops, your prime engrams are just barely dropping anymore. Yeah, and they're limited to two a day instead of, th- I think it was three before. Um, is, and I, I feel like they drop much less often. Mm-hmm. They do. And I, I think they're mostly going to be beneficial for 
your first character because if you get them to drop on a on a second character like early on unless you just don't pick it up and let it go to the postmaster you're not really getting anything from it because you already have weapons that are helping you pretty huge yeah 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 uh, it, grinding for the raid has been an experience unto itself you know it's Typically, I go into the raid after the raid's already been out and defeated, and, you know, I have time to kind of gear up on my own and get there on my own time. This time, we're going day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it kind of peels some of the magic out of the new expansion experience. You know, I, I don't get to sit there and play through all the little side quests and whatnot to get as much power as possible. I'm just turning into some sort of power monger a-hole to try to get as high of a power level as you're I can playing like a quickly. streamer now dude yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be in comp all afternoon it's like no i don't want to be in comp at all uh do i have to play in the crucible yes do i have to play gambit more okay do i have to do this yes i can't get through the 100k nightfall because that's the, the repurposed omnigol mission and at twelve fifty, that's you're thirty levels under almost, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a it's difficult been a tough one, yeah. Um, so you do what you can. I mean, I didn't do either of the two raids on any of my characters because, frankly, I don't have the time to go through Last Wish or Garden of Salvation right now. I don't have the investment time for those two raids. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought about it and it just it with with the struggles that we have had in previous raids before it hasn't been worth wanting to struggle through it and possibly get nothing out of it when we have some ways of getting power. Exactly. I just like that I can go into Gambit and then just just stay there. Every every rank up gives you something and it. They're faster. The games are just faster. Either you win or lose, you still get progress, and that's what just feels nice. Yeah, that's what I was getting at, is you have the competitive modes, either you know casual competitive like regular Crucible and Gambit, or serious, more serious competitive such as Comp and well, Trials, unfortunately, is not around, tend to give you the best loot drops, well, at least uh-huh. for gaining power. Uh, you don't get that in the PvE side of it. I can't sit there and grind strikes to get that kind of power. Eventually, you hit blues, and you're getting nothing out of it. In fact, I've seen more blues coming out of chests than anything else with yeah. this expansion. Um, I think the only like big beneficial change that I feel like is that every few strikes, crucial matches, or gamut matches, you have a powerful drop. But it's... Uh, that gets to a point of being really grindy because you only have, you can only do strikes for so long before you want to rip your hair out. And the same goes for PVP or Gambit. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's just a little deflating. I mean, uh, play the game. You know, that's the best way to get power. Play the game. Well, I, I can't just play the game. If playing the game for me is riding around on Europa, I'm killing enemies here and there. You know, you have the big yellow bar, high-value targets dropping in, and I'm not getting any kind of gain whatsoever. That's that's a little deflated. 
It feels like yeah. there's been a change that happened on how loot has dropped a little bit behind the scenes because it just it just doesn't feel like it did last season or in prior seasons. Yeah. It just it feels like they pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um initially during first uh, during Beyond Light, I will say that I've never felt weaker in a long time. You know, I know it's a new expansion and things are going to spike in power, but I was like, I really feel weak in these areas. You know, I'm constantly getting one shot nonstop by vandals from range or uh, hobgoblins sniping me. And God help you if you're rolling around through the new areas and all of a sudden you come up to a yellow bar and it's like, oh, that's is that a skull? Oh, it's uh, I'm 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 at eleven ninety power, and it's a twelve fifty power thing. I am so dead, and there's no way around it. And it just happens to be in the way of where you need to go. Yeah, we uh, I noticed that in the campaign ran into uh, a good few double question marks <laughs> that you could just <laughs> do nothing to. You could just look at them, and you were dead. So. <laughs> It's like, oh, immune. Hey, there we go. That's exactly what I want to see is the word immune keeps showing up on it. Yeah. Well, like the spot where you for, where you can find the first uh, toy penguin, um, they, those were double question marks the first time you saw it. And literally the first thing I did when I got to power was went back to that spot so I could kill him because I was mad I couldn't kill him before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are those things called? Griffins? The new ones? The new Wyverns. Wyverns, yes, with the legs. Yeah. Those things are a pain. They're weak spots on their back, too. <laughs> and they hit really hard. They have yes. kind of a huge, like, shielded spot on them where you can't do any damage. <laughs> cool enemy. Big pain in the ass. Yeah, they're they're getting easier though. As uh, I'm getting up in power, um, yeah, at, I I leveled my Xenophage to uh, twelve twenty three. So yeah, four shots of that takes it down. If I'm just shooting it in the face, yeah. But it still oh, yeah. takes four shots for a yellow bar. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know, it, it, so it's slowly building up the power. Yeah, I'll get there eventually, but. You know, I I just feel that there's they they pulled back a little bit on getting drops in any kind of yeah. way. So they it's made like, it easier uh, to get them, but it's gonna take a while to actually get them. It's definitely made playing a little bit more uh, strategic, I guess, trying to go for the day one raid. Yeah, it, it's been a definite different experience with Beyond Light. And I can't say it's a bad thing. My initial impressions are very good so far. Um, do I think this is better than Shadowkeep at this moment? Possibly. Possibly. Um, is it on par with Forsaken? Not really, because they had two additional studios helping with that. Mm-hmm. Forsaken was massive. This isn't the size of Forsaken. It's decent size. It definitely feels bigger than Shadowkeep. Um, but, yeah, you know. It just has me excited for seeing what they're going to do on their own. I'm looking forward to this next season 
and the seasonal content. I want to see what's going to happen. We got the dawning coming up in December, which is only a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. And more seasonal stuff's going to be happening from there on out next fall. Yeah, we're we're going to have the Witch Queen in the fall, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this is all going to tie together and. Provided we don't end up with another Fractaline instant, I should be playing every season moving forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, I think that should wrap it up for now. We've been at this for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I got I got a lot of editing to do because this one's a mess. The amount of <laughs> interruptions that have happened during this. Uh, but hey, we've had a good time. Thanks for hanging out. Um, if you could follow us on our twitter at podcast underscore hidden Uh, we have a link tree there so you'll have all of our socials as well as our twitch information so you can just you know jump in when we're streaming follow us on our twitters say hi anytime you want to shoot us a question or anything feel free we appreciate every single person that listens to this podcast it means the world to us because we're only doing this to goof around for ourselves and anybody else that wants to join in, we appreciate you greatly. So for Outrider, Venge, and Bacon, be well, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.